Welcome into episode 406 after the whistle, presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. JR yesterday, so we didn't talk a ton of sabers, a little bit at the end. Um, I want to share my story about my trip to the bean pot. That will be, I don't know when I'll get to that, but what an amazing time that was. Derek Roy is going to join us in a little bit. But I wanted to ask you yesterday, did you see Kevin Adams' appearance on the pregame show the other night? For the Sabres. Uh, I did not. I heard about it. I've heard uh, a lot of, a lot about it, but uh, I did not watch it personally. No. Do you want me to give you just kind of like a... a, 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 a I'm just tell me more. what he said. Period. Uh, explain the Quinn injury and the Samuelson injury. Uh, talked about that. Talked about Benson being ready to step up and play a bigger role in the Jack Quinn position. Uh, you know shed some positive light on maybe a couple other things talked about speaking to general managers sometimes on the third and maybe even fourth phone call um you know says that he'll talk to every general manager between now and the trade deadline always trying to find ways to make the team better okay it was just basically honestly do you oh, now do you want now can i go can i go full dickhead or do you want me to just <sighs> stay away from that because i can go full um asshole. Let's not go full asshole. I want to go uh, full because... asshole for a minute, just for a minute. So what I think is I think they had him on right at the start, the first game back after the All-Star break. I think it was honestly, how do I word this? How do I say this? Um, I think it was like a puff piece. There's been a lot so of heat. He, like, like There's what been a lot you... of heat around Kevin Adams. There's a lot of heat on this team right now. Yeah. Well, expectations for the first time in 13 years, right? So, you know, if you're not if you're not up to standard, then you're going to have so-called the heat thrown at you, which there's 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 certainly irritation in this market. There's I mean, that's an understatement. So I think so I think they had him on because I don't think he really said much that he didn't give much that I'm sitting there going, like, well, why do you have him on? Probably to get viewers because there aren't many people watching Sabre games right now. I'm just being honest with you. People don't have time to turn this shit on right now. Okay. Um, so I think that's one. Get some viewership to uh, the pregame show. Uh, and number two, um, get some belief back in the franchise. Because there was no one there the other night. Someone told me there was 11,000 there, and I'd be hard-pressed to say there was seven. Now, yeah. I wasn't in the building, so I didn't see it, but it looked like there were a lot of blue seats down low, and there were a ton of blue seats up top. And what do you think? What do you think the thought is? What do you think the thought is of of why that is? You just there's think no that excitement around just... this team. There's no excitement around this team. Yeah. Last year they missed the playoffs by one point, but at least it was exciting. They gave us something to cheer about. There was there were wins. There were there were comeback wins. There was guys getting points. Guys were performing. Career years. And this year it is literally. They are a, they are very close to being in the bottom five teams in the league. Which very is, close. Which is pretty pretty mind blowing when you think about it. Like this team has been a bottom team for thirteen years. This being the thirteenth year, you would think after only missing the playoffs by one point last year and having a a solid push at the end of the year and the excitement of 
of many players really stepping up in their game. Like a large amount of players had career years and you could feel this excitement around this team and this city. Um, but clearly after that season, you, you would, you would watch the team and know that there was areas that needed to be addressed. So you could take the next step after that. And what's irritating is there has been zero ability to make the next step, not only from the player standpoint, but from the GM standpoint. You know, Elliot Freeman came out with a, a tweet just the other day, Petey, talking about Buffalo's got a lot of good prospects, a lot of really good talent, not in the NHL yet. Over the next few months, it's very possible that some will be used to get the Sabres what they need. That's interesting, coming from Elliot Freeman. Because the Sabres do have an insane amount of talent. Matt Savoy, Yari Kulich, Isaac Roseanne, uh, Osland, who's played very well. These guys don't have spots on the Buffalo Sabres. They're already loaded with the J.J. Paterkas, the Quins, the Bensons, the Cousins. These guys are all young. There's no room for these players. So my question, you know, my question to you is like, what needs to happen here, Petey? Why is this coming out now? Why has Kevin Adams been so afraid? It's like he's hanging on to them, like he's hoarding these prospects. And and guess what's going to happen now? I feel as though he has put himself in a position where he's going to have to overpay in any deal that he makes. You win and lose games with your top players. So when we're not winning, okay, when this team is not winning, I think I read something the other day because we keep talking about how talented this young core is they're so talented they're so dynamic they you know this and that they just then all of a sudden i sat i sat here the other day at my desk and i and i actually really looked at the lineup and i actually was asking myself are we that talented are we that good and as i started to really go through the lineup i realized that i don't think they were that we are as good as what Maybe in my in everyone's mind, we perceive this team to be high end offensively because we scored goals last year. But that was only one year. It was like an outlier year. I'm not sure we are as good and talented as what we is what we all believe. So I started to think to myself, it's a pretty we bold sit statement because we've been. We've been sitting on this talent. This is what we've been hanging our belief on. Correct. Correct. We have been, and we've talked about almost, almost saying it to myself over and over and over throughout the, the last number of years is we are talented. We are talented. We are skilled. We are skilled. We are dynamic. We are dynamic. I know that we're small and I know that we're soft, but we're so skilled that and then all of a sudden you actually start to look and where I don't think we're as skilled as what we, what we perceive. Um, do we have some talented hockey players on this team? Is Tage Thompson talented? You better friggin' believe it. He is, he's a star in this league. 
that's had a hiccup, but he is he is uh, he is a talented talented hockey player. Well, let's talk about this for a second. What's wrong with Tage Thompson? He said he's had a hiccup. Well, it didn't, help that what, he, it didn't help that he busted his uh, his finger or broke his finger blocking a shot, okay? Doesn't help. He came back, but anybody who's broken a finger or something like that and you're trying to hold your stick, it's it's difficult. Now, I'm not saying I'm I'm just saying that Tage I I feel is a much better player than what he's shown this year. 29 points. Am I an asshole if goals. I say am I an asshole if I say that um even with a broken finger, I expect more out of him? Uh, okay, sure. Like, I don't ever I mean, want to pick on a guy that's hurt. Like, if I was his teammate, I'd be like, what do you expect? The guy can barely hold the fucking stick. I mean, I, I, yeah. I know how to make the excuses for the guy, but I also am on the other side of the curtain now, and I want to know, why can't I expect what he can fucking rip the puck on the power play? How can yeah. he bring himself to crush the puck on the power play with a one-timer? Yeah. Where has the rest of the game gone? His legs aren't broken. I get it. I get it. I mean, you can point fingers like, all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, Dylan I, I Cousins know. had, and, and the only reason why I'm asking this start. question is because you you asked you said it. You said maybe this team isn't as talented as we think, and I don't think that starts and ends with Tage Thompson, but he is your star player. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, he is. and and if he did not sign that contract, he would be making ten million right now. So I can live with the fact that he has 29 points in 40 games because, you know, if you play a whole season, you prorate that's 58, but he probably gets 65. Okay. Yep. That's not that far off of what a $7 million player should do. But I want him to be the $11 million player at the $7 million price. That's selfish. And I, I get it. With you. I get it. And Paige Thompson, Sabres, I think, could be. I'm better. sorry, but that's, that's what the Buffalo Sabres need. In order for this team to be successful, they can't have Tage Thompson being a fucking $7 million player on a $7 million salary or a con- contract. Yep. They need him to be a $10.5 million player on a $7 million contract. We need the same from Alex Tuck. We need Alex Tuck to be a $7 million player on a $4.6 million contract. Simple as that. I get and it. it goes it goes down and down. So I get it. You're gonna win. You're gonna win and lose with your elite players, with your top players. Tate Thompson has not uh, provided what we expect of him. He has 29 points in 40 games. He should have 55 points in 40 games. That is is a big difference. Dylan Cousins got paid 7.1 million dollars for a reason, because he was playing at an upper echelon uh, level of play. And we did not get that at all this year for a large amount of these games. Now, yes, we've talked about Dylan Cousins, or they've talked about Dylan Cousins, how he has played a lot better in the last month. And I'm happy to hear that. The season's over because of the poor play of certain players. That's just the reality of it. Why have we taken such a major step backwards? Why are we in this situation? Now, it's like... I, I started to think to myself, like, do you believe that you can win a championship? Do you believe that you can make the playoffs and win a championship with Tage Thompson? Yes or no? Not alone. Not saying alone. Alex Tuck? I, I don't I don't know. Alex Correct. Tuck, Dylan Cousins, Paterka, Quinn. I think don't they're know. pretty damn good dynamic players. They're, they're yeah, there's a lot of good fair. hockey players in this league. There are a lot of players that play a long time and never win, too. 
fuck, we got a guy in this team that's coming closing in on a thousand games. He's never played a game in the playoffs. He's never sorry, he's never been on a team that made the playoffs. There's okay. a big difference between not playing in the playoffs and never making the playoffs. Would you consider, and am I crazy when I say this, to move Jeff Skinner or at least kick the tires on moving Jeff Skinner? I believe if Skinner could have been moved, I believe if Skinner could be moved, he would have been moved. Why? There's teams out there in the NHL that that crave a player like Jeff Skinner. You're giving me the impression that you think there's literally zero market for Jeff Skinner in the National Hockey League. And the and and my thing is Yes, would you have to maybe take a little bit of that contract um, or um, do you send a, a draft pick with Jeff Skinner or do you take on maybe a um, contract from another team that isn't quite working out for them, but it's not three more years of what we're, what we're going to be paying with Jeff Skinner. So my thought is, do you move on Jeff Skinner to move him out, to move the salary out and give an opportunity? Zach Benson might be playing with Tage Thompson and Alex Tuck next year with cousins, Quinn and Paterka. And then do you have the money to sign Casey Middlestat? Do you have the money to, to go that's out? All, that, listen, man, like, like, I don't know. Like, I, I'm these are the only the thing word. I'm trying to do here is trying to figure out like what the hell is going on with this team. Well, they don't play until Saturday, so got a couple days to let this marinate. Let's talk to Derek. I, I they play St. Louis on Saturday, then they have LA, then they have Florida. I mean, their their month is not easy. There's their season's over. Uh, these are not the conversations that I want to have, you know, like it's not, you just wish you weren't talking about trying to move a $9 million player. I wonder if I could call Selena law and ask them if I could sue the team for the mental anguish that they have caused us over the years, not just us, but everybody just a mass, a mass lawsuit, mass lawsuit, but you can't do that. But if you've been in a car crash, you can. So if you've been hurt in a car crash and need a personal injury attorney, Call our friends at Salino Law. Call the eights. Call Salino Law. 888-888-8888. Car crash. Call Salino. Looking for a night out? Maybe go watch a game at a bar? Maybe even have a nice fancy dinner? Who knows? I might even get crazy and play some bets while I'm at it. And there's only one place to do all that. Only at Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. You can hit up Stick Sports Bar and Grill, grab an unbelievable steak at the Western Door, gamble at the casino, or even place some bets at the sportsbook. All in one location at Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. Glad you weren't on for the first uh, little bit, Roisy. Uh-oh. What happened? trying to convince me that Jeff Skinner's tradable. But without getting into that, I was, you know, while you guys no, were no, chatting, no, 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 no. What do you mean? Guys, hold, on, hold on, hold on. We can get into that. But while you guys were chatting about a very fascinating subject off the air, I was reading about this this fucking guy that climbed the sphere in Vegas. Did you see this? No. no. Really? 
a guy like to, like Tom Cruise with suction cups to, to, to his hand. Well, I don't, I don't. It looks like it's like uh, you can you can climb it because there's like layers to it. So, I mean, not anything I would ever try. I'm terrified of heights. But this guy, this fucking guy, climbed the sphere in Vegas, and he did it to raise awareness and money for homeless pregnant women. He climbed size uh, skyscrapers to raise awareness and money for. Um, There's video of it everywhere. It's insane. I gotta look that up. That's yeah, crazy. I can't believe. Oh yeah, I was. I saw this yesterday. I was like, who? I didn't know why, but the guy's name is uh, Mason Deschamps. He's a pro-life activist, and he filmed himself at the top of the 366-foot-tall structure and said he was raising money for a homeless pregnant woman. How does he get down? Did he parachute down? That's a great question. I can't believe you said that. I mean, normally all these buildings <laughs> would have some kind of a a hatch at the top, right? Like you would assume. So he there's a hatch at the top. He just got down. Oh. Anyway, this is. I mean, yeah. So it looks like there's like a cage or something over the actual. I mean, if you're an experienced climber, this doesn't look difficult. But oh my god, man! One slip and you're done. Anyway, sorry. Scaling a 366-foot-tall uh, sphere would be like trying to fucking trade Jeff Skinner. I don't know which one would be harder, Craig, to be honest with you. There you go. I'll tie it in that way. <laughs> Listen, I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, what could I, Kevin I wouldn't Adams, say I'm afraid of heights. What could Kevin Adams accomplish first? Could he accomplish climbing the Vegas sphere or trading Jeff Skinner? I'm going to say Vegas sphere. I, I think you're I think you're wrong. I think you under listen, Jeff Skinner makes a lot of money. Um but he's also a very a very dynamic offensive player. Offensive. He struggles defensively. He's not he's not a good defensive player by any stretch of the imagination. Watching him play over the course of the years he's well, been in Buffalo. Well why, why don't we Go ahead, Roy. Neither, That's what I was gonna neither, say. Yeah, neither was Kessel. Kessel is not an outstanding defensive player. He was making a lot of money. He got traded. And he won the Stanley Cup. Three of them. Four Three, of yeah, them. Yeah, and then he then he, he went, went on to four? win some more. Three. Two with Three. uh Pittsburgh, right? Two with Pittsburgh and one yep. with Yep. Yeah, so you look at it that way, maybe a team is lacking that, you know. Uh, depth scoring that they might need in the playoffs. Maybe there they can go. retain some of their salary. Maybe Buffalo can retain some of the salary. But who are you going to trade them for? Is the thing like we can trade them for some more draft picks, some more young guys? <laughs> like who are you going to trade them for? No, Craig wants to trade them for a shorter but shitty contract. A shitty but shorter contract. <laughs> so, <laughs> so basically, we'll take on a shitty contract, give out Skinner for. You I know, love how you money. laugh at me. I love how you just laugh at me well, hey, with, we with just, when I'm trying to bring just, up. We just said this team has broken us, so why can't we have a little fun when trying to fix it? You know what I mean? Right. And and listen, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people that listen to this and be like, are you crazy trading Jeff Skinner? How How is that even possible? Why would you do that? He scores our goals. He produces points. Well, do you feel that you can win a championship with Jeff Skinner? Do you feel that you can make the playoffs with Jeff Skinner with how he plays the game? Thing is, everyone's got to buy in, right? The that's the that's the whole thing. Is buy some in guys how, are buy in, in, some buy in guys, how? 
buy into some sort of like system. Do you, do you look at Philly and think that Philly is a more talented team than Buffalo? No, but they're, they're no. coached better and they're, and they're more structured. Exactly. They're buying into whatever Tortorella is saying and they're doing it. Who's they're going out who's and doing it. Offensive player on that team. I don't even know who's leading the team in scoring. I couldn't even tell Konechny. I don't, I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even know who's leading the team scoring there. Exactly. It's Konechny. I think it's Konechny too, but it, my point is like when you but look at, he can't be, he can't be more than a point a game or just close to a point. Oh, he's not. He's, he's 43 points in 51 games. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Sean, Coutur- Sean Couturier has always been, you know, in the Selka trophy conversation. They have, they have good players. Like, I don't think they're elite players. Like, you know, Travis Konechny a year and a half ago was on the trade market. Mm-hmm. Joel uh, Farabee, is is a good player. It's turned into a nice player. I wouldn't say he's elite player. Sean Couturier has been a Selkie guy. Owen Tippett uh, just signed a nice contract for himself. Cam uh, Atkinson. Like, I mean, you go through their team and you're like, uh, I don't think this is a really, really good hockey team, but they're winning somehow. Yeah, because they buy in. Everyone plays the same way. They play hard. It's hard probably to go into Philadelphia and play a hockey game as opposed to coming into Buffalo and maybe just, you know, being like, I'm never going to get hit tonight. We talked about this going to the front of the night. You're not going to cross check in the face or anything like that. Like it's, it's a pretty, pretty easy game for you to come into Buffalo, maybe get some points and feel good about yourself. So I don't ever want to hear that again. That's my whole point. That's my whole point. Turn the tables. Some, somehow, some way you got to turn the tables and make it seem like it's going to be rough to come into Buffalo and this. So either they're going to be all over us with speed, like Colorado or one of those teams that we, we can't, we can't make a play with a the puck. There's always a guy on me because they're pressuring so hard all over the ice. Everyone works as, as hard as everyone else. There's not one shift anybody takes off. And that creates competitiveness through the lineup where people are like, oh, if you're not going to play hard, I'm going to bench you. Like how many teams have benched their top players? Because they're like, you know what? You're not playing hard enough. It's just this is a this is our culture. Uh, lots of teams standard. have this year. It's actually been a story with lots of teams. Yeah, there's a standard. Okay. Lots of teams, but Buffalo, but Buffalo. That's, I mean, that, and that speaks to it right there, Craig. So it's not, maybe it's, it's not trading Skinner. Maybe it's not fire. It's, it's the, it's the standard that, that it literally comes down to. My question to you guys is, do you think that you can win with Jeff Skinner? And the answer is, I don't think you can because you so have a why would anyone trade player. for him, Craig? Like you just answered your own question. Why would anyone trade because, for him? Because we have 30 minutes we have talking players, about this. Because we have players like Tage Thompson, Alex Tuck, a Cousins, Quinn, and Paterka that are going to be way better in a couple years from now just due to age. And they're very, they're very good hockey players. Zach Benson is 18 years old, but in three, four years from now, he's going to be better. At what point in time do you just move on from Jeff Skinner, who's 31, and bring in a Yari Kulich and just let him play? play himself into uh um and it might take more time i might take more time but do you we're not winning with this lineup now all right i can't handle any more sabers talk well our pod is about the sabers so i want to talk well. about cuz we're going to talk this out and we're going to be happy at the end of it now i i i I am, I'm going to tell everybody that's listening. 
Jeff Skinner is a very offensive player. He has God, offensive yeah. instincts. Why do we have to keep he has saying, all these things because validating we, every we negative not, thought. There has man. to be there has to be change. Well, Craig, then talk about the change. Don't keep going back on on having to qualify your statement with something like, "Oh, you know, he." We, I want to make it clear that Jeff, like, don't like. You want to trade him? You want to fucking trade him? And we know why you want to trade him. Don't beat around the bush. You've been beating around the bush for thirty minutes. You want him off the fucking team. Because you don't think he plays to the standard. You can sit there and sugarcoat it all you want. But the fact of the matter is, you want him off the team simply because he doesn't, his standard will never get to the standard. And I'm going to follow it up and, and just wrap the whole conversation up with this. The simple fact of the matter is, you can't trade him because every team's standard is higher than the Sabres. And Skinner can't even reach the Sabres' standard. How is he going to reach another team's standard? You know, you know when I said the uh, just a couple of minutes ago that he got Krugered, maybe Kruger knew what he was doing. He didn't know what he was doing because he had an absolutely horseshit hockey team. But at the yeah, end of the yeah, day, yeah. he did not play Jeff Skinner for a reason. And everybody was, was like, I was one going, how the hell is he on the fourth line? Why is he only playing nine minutes a game? Why is he not on the power play? Because he was sitting there going to Jeff Skinner. The way you play the game, you cheat yourself and you cheat this hockey team. And until you want to play the game properly, that's going to help this team win, then I'm not going to play you. And everybody was up in arms and losing their marbles. Now, Jeff Skinner right now scores goals. He had 82 points last year. He had 35 goals. And you sit there and you say to yourself, that's awesome. But that was an outlier year. He's played 13 years in the league. And his best year in the league has been 63 points. Last year, he had 82 points. He had 19 more points than, than his best year. Jeff Skinner's not going to get back to 82 points a year. Back, you might, might, uh, There might be a team, though, in the playoffs that might want to use him and hide him in the lineup. You know how they hid, like, you hide him with a, a really good centerman that plays both, like a Couturier, let's say. You put him with a Couturier, and then he could play good defensively. Right. He's going to win face off the D zone. Like, you can hide him in the, in the lineup on a good defensive team uh, that just maybe needs scoring touch around the net once in a while in the 100%. playoffs. You come in the playoffs with six goals or something like that, he's done his job. Six, seven goals in the playoffs, let's say. That's that's my whole two, point, Roy. Two, three rounds or something like that. I believe that there's teams out there that that can look at Jeff Skinner and say he can be a value to our team because we're lack goal scoring. Jeff Skinner oh. is a pure goal scorer. You, you definitely need scorer. to move him around the lineup, but you definitely need Buffalo to take some of that salary because there's no chance somebody's taking him at that cap hit and no smoker teammate. Exactly. He had 33 yeah, goals exactly. uh, two years ago. He had 35 goals last Correct. year. Say, give me the stats again. Give me the, give me the stats again. My yes. point is there are going to be teams yeah. out there that may not deem Jeff Skinner as a $9 million guy. But, I mean, for, for you to grab Jeff Skinner at a $7 million guy, I think there'd be teams all over him at $7 million. And if you had to take a little bit of money um, to make a deal... I think that I would be looking to do that. No, no, no. 
seven million dollars. Show me, show me a contending team that needs a scorer that can afford a seven million dollar player. Show me that team, and I'll say that. What are they an expansion? I just team? give you, I'll, I'll just give you an example, and I don't want to okay. beat this to like beat it to beat it. We've been talking about it for an hour. What do you mean beat it? Yeah, I'm like, beating, I, you're I, beating I, that thing yes, right up. I mean, what are you because, beat it, Greg? This is this is fucking. This is like this horse has already been sent to the glue factory. It's not even <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. This, we'll just we'll just wait. So we'll just it's already in your glue gun. We'll just we'll just sit here and we'll talk about the same thing, and we're going to yeah. uh you know wait for Kevin Adams to make his move. Yeah, there's no move. um there's no move. You know he's going to sign Zamkis Bergensen again. Was, you know the whole interview the other night was absolutely had it nothing. It was it was made no sense to me. I watched the whole thing. Who's up? Who's Who's up for contract this year? Like, who's like, is there how many players are up? Kalak Poso is an unrestricted free agent. Eric Johnson is an unrestricted free agent. Samgus Gergensen is an unrestricted free agent. Victor Olofsson is an unrestricted free agent. I would believe that all four of those players will not be returning. You have Middlestat, Yoki Haru, Peyton Krebs that, um, that are. Uh, restricted free agents. Um, you have to make a decision on Casey Middlestat. He is uh, leading your team in points, um, having a very good season. And if you've ever wanted to sell a person or a player high, then it's sell Middlestat high now if that's what you want. My question is, who re- who replaces Casey Middlestat if you move him? Yeah. Casey Middlestat wants to be a Buffalo Sabres. He actually wants to be here. That's value in itself right there. That's insane value in itself right now. Does like he? that is the most value and he's playing. Well, he? uh, how, how many how many how many freaking free agents are are chomping at the bit to come to Buffalo? None. Zero. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm saying. I believe, got a guy I believe Casey play likes here. playing here. I believe Casey likes playing here, but I believe if Casey can go somewhere else, oh, he'll go somewhere else. Yeah, I agree too. And I don't think you're ever going to be a player here that's going to say something like that publicly. He just has to play hockey. He has the easiest job in the world. Shut the well, fuck also up. Also, you're trying. You're, you're, you're trying. Also, you're trying to sign a a, a big long deal. So you're not going to be like, oh, I don't want to be here. Yeah, How's that going to look? Don't, don't How's that going to look for your contract? But you know what you can do though? You could ask for a lot of money to get yourself moved out of here, and that's kind of your you're speaking the language of, I don't want to sign here. What kind so, of money? Yeah, if you're you're sign here, if I'm going to sign you, here, you're going to pay me seven. Million, always, but you're always you're always trying to you're always trying to set yourself up, right? <laughs> the whole point of it setting yourself up for life. You don't have to worry about anything after that. You just got to play hockey, right? So twenty five, Rosie. What is his? You know, number? you know what it's all about to have a good year on a contract here, eh, Rosie? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You gotta work. You gotta work for those guys. You know, I, my first year of my contract, I was un, I was overpaid, and by the end of the year, I was underpaid. Like that. That those were like the. Uh, they were like, oh, what are you giving this guy this much money for? And then I end up over a point again. They're like, oh, good job. That was pretty smart. How were you feeling at the end of the year? Were you like, fuck, I should have taken a one year deal? No, because the problem is with these deals is if you take a bridge contract, they're just going to not play you in certain situations where, okay, maybe the goalie's pulled and then you can get a, a, a goal, a shitty goal or a shitty assist on the goalie's pulled or a five on three or like they might not put you in those situations, right? Because the they don't want right? you to keep, 
Exactly. So they don't want you to keep padding the stats. Um, so it's it, it's one of those where it's when you sign a deal, they want to justify like, hey, we made the right decisions. So they just pump you out on the ice as much. As you're you're all too you're all too familiar with the old uh, going to shave a game here or there to avoid a bonus, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Would you so, keep middle yeah, stat? I would. I, I just can't see them going out and getting someone better on in the free agent market. Hundred uh, percent. So, if you lose them, what would you lose them for? Unless there's some monster trade that you're bringing in another center, because then who's gonna like how many centers? If you lose Ocposo or or whatever, like how you need centermen to, to take these these people's uh, places. So, yep. My theory is you have to keep him, uh, sign him to a, a a good contract that helps both parties, and um. Because he's he's turned into a really good player, and he's turned into probably one of their most uh, consistent players. I would say. I think the 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 players that you would be, you know, entertaining are a guy like, for an example, like a Thomas Hurdle, like something you you have to get something back in this deal, where you're looking at the deal going, this this is going to make our team better. Mm-hmm. And the problem is Casey Middlesat is actually having a really good year. And it's like, he's only 25 years old. If you were to pay him on an eight year deal, I mean, it, he, he would play that deal out and he would earn that contract. He, the best years of Casey Middlestat are going to be ahead of him. Yeah. Well, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I would like to use that Swedish connection. I'd like to trade Casey and maybe another prospect and another piece and even another piece if that's what it takes to go and get a bona fide top pair defenseman. And then I would go and offer, I don't know, I wouldn't say the moon, but I would definitely try to get that to Elias Lindholm when he becomes a free agent. And I would try to have Rasmus, you know, you use that uh, that relationship. Because I'd rather have a guy like that and use Casey to go and acquire a piece because you don't think I don't think you need to replace Casey right now, but I think you need to trade him at the deadline. Yeah, you either need to make a move or keep him. I don't think uh I think you either say, Hey, listen, he's in here for the long haul or he's gone and we're gonna try to make some moves. Like there's no oh, let's let's play one year here and see if he bridge like bridge contract and then all of a sudden he's not happy and then he wants to not playing well and then he wants to leave and then all of a sudden you're like stuck with a guy that has half a point a game and you're trying to get rid of him. It's either it's now that- where his stock is as high as possible, he's leading the team scoring, or just say, hey, listen, he's in for the long haul with the Sabres. Well, if, we're if you are trading an RFA, if you're trading an RFA like Casey Middlestad, does the team that wants to get him, get him there to to get him in in the in the lineup to play before they sign him, or do they want to trade for him in the offseason in that contract, like a sign-and-trade type deal? I guess I, I don't know what when would you have to trade a player like that, Craig. Are you finishing this year with him for what? To let him load up in, in games that are meaningless like he's done in the past? And I guess, what if he gets hurt? What if he gets hurt? You, and then my, you get traded. My him. question to you is what is Say he that again, Roisey. Say that again. What if he gets hurt and then you can't trade him? Right. Like, look what happened to Sergeyev. Like, things like that happen. Shitty things like that happen. I'm not going to try fucking. I'm not going to wood right now. But 
you know, like that's always in the back of the mind of a GM, hundred percent of this. Like, are we going to move this guy before the deadline or are we going to keep him all year? And then, you know, fucking, what if something happens in the summertime or some shit, you know? Well, they have to be negotiating right now, right? I'm sure he's taking calls. Well, I'm just talking about like with the player on a contract to find out what he wants. I mean, there have to be, or, or do you, I mean, I guess I'm talking like he's out of here because that's my choice and it has nothing to do with Casey. It has to do with just roster turnover and how in and and, ch- and changing a little bit of hope, like getting new players in. I, I I think you're dumb not to take fucking calls about anybody, right? Unless he's a fucking bona fide NHL star, but there might be a deal anywhere. You never know. Some some deals help both teams, right? You you never like look at the deal last night or the other day that uh, both guys got swapped and both scored in the first period. Yeah. Uh, Kuzmenko scored in the first period and Lenholm scored in the first period. You're like, oh, this could work out both ways. Kuzmenko gets a you know fresh new start somewhere else and, and he feels like you know he's playing with Uberto, who's a passer and he's a shooter. He's like, okay, this is a good fit for me. And Lindholm's playing with a grittier kind of team that's you know really good and has a chance to win a Stanley Cup. Maybe now he's like, oh, I'm excited to win a Stanley Cup. Here we go. I don't know. Yeah, a little bit Sometimes little it bit works for both teams. It's interesting. It's amazing what mindset does too. I like, like, I don't think people factor that in. They just think you've played this game your whole life, go drop the puck and play. And it it doesn't always work like that. There is mindset to it. And maybe, you know, like why would Casey not want to change the scenery? Like Like, take, take, don't let's just not even use Casey. Like just use, use the scenario. I mean, you say this about, about Lindholm and Kuzmanko, Roisy. Like why is Casey not saying, listen, I've been on on. a losing team for friggin' yeah, my whole career. I haven't made the play. I haven't played one playoff game. Yeah, I get it. I'm here. I'm hearing exactly what you're saying. Like Jeff Skinner, team that has zero chance to make the playoffs. Jeff Skinner could be a lifer with not making on a team without making the playoffs. Like that's 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 scary to think about. I mean, it's going to be nice in 20 years to look back and be like, fuck, it's amazing to have all this money. But then when you reflect actually on your career, which I'm sure we all do, you're going to sit back and say, what did I really accomplish? I talked 40, but I didn't help any teams win. Well, that's when you, I feel the playoffs is the best time of the year. You're excited to go to the rank. There's a little bit of sun out, you know, there's fans are getting more excited. The buildings are getting louder. Uh, everything food tastes better. Like everything's just, just yep. better in the playoffs. It's just exciting all around, oh. all day. The media, more media. Like it just, if you're a player that loves that stuff, it just gets you jacked up, right? You're just excited for these big moments in your career. And if you don't get it, you're if you don't get it your whole career, then it just you can't. You're never gonna feel it. Do you know what else it changes too? So. At the end of the season, it doesn't matter what you did all year. I don't care if you had 150 points. Everyone starts back at zero. I don't care if you're first place in the league. Everyone starts back at zero, right? So it's a fresh start. It's like a changing of a coaching or something. Not all the players get jacked up, and they usually win their first game probably 90% of the time because it's a fresh start for everyone. Everyone's starting at zero, and that's what I think the playoffs is so so exciting about is you never know what's going to happen because everyone's on the same playing field. But back to the initial question, tell me why Casey isn't like, I need a change of scenery. And how could you, how could you possibly blame him? Yeah, I can't, I can't. 
This is a kid that has gone from no pull-ups to needing an attitude change to needing to work harder in the offseason to now becoming a player that we're talking about. Are you keeping him on a long-term big contract or are you moving him on to bring in other assets? I think that is quite a, quite a nice climb for a player in his development and maturity. Yeah, he might he might just want to be like, all right, I want to go to a team that is known to make the playoffs every year and that is, you know, uh, an organization that wins. Um, I, I don't blame him. The market will be there for Casey, I'll tell you that. I mean, he's 25 years old. Leading the the Sabers in points, he's going to be a sixty, you know, probably a about a sixty five point player this year on a really, really, really bad hockey team, and uh, I think the best years of Casey are going to be starting ba- next year. He's twenty five. He's got he's got some unbelievable years to come. I think when, well, like I said before, when he gets that big deal, he's going to like calm down he doesn't have to worry that whole part of his life is taken care of he doesn't have to worry about that all he has to do is focus on playing hockey and that's yeah. going to open up the mind and, and make him play better and if i were well. to tell you Royzy, that you know you have your top three centers that are all going to be making under 20 million dollars here's a question let's say you do because you were talking about Ocposo not resigning uh probably all those guys that you mentioned that won't resign who would you give the c to next year if that ever happens Darlene. I think that's the obvious choice. I don't I know that I agree yeah. with that choice. It's just the obvious. It's just the. I don't disagree with it, and I don't yeah. agree he, with it. It's just the he obvious play, he, choice. He, he plays the hardest. He plays and the most. You know, he he plays the most. He's going to be your highest paid player. Um, I think he has dealt with pressure his entire career. He's now going to be what twenty four. Um, he is an elite superstar in this game. And, uh, you know, the only time he really gets himself into trouble is when he tries to do too much because that's it's he's trying to cover up and win games. But if he yeah. didn't have to play that way all the time and he could be Kale McCarr and just distribute the pucks to all these absolute elite superstars in the team and have no pressure whatsoever, that would be fun for Darlene, too. But he's not in that situation. He's fighting for every scrap and every crumb, every single game. And uh, he's a tough kid. He plays with poise and he's the fluidity on the ice. He's like, he's so, so talented. But he also plays the game tough. He also plays the game with grit. He also hits. It's like, you know, I don't know Rasmus Dahlin personally. But I'm only looking from the couch and his interviews and some things that I've heard about his his character that that's the guy you want leading this team moving forward in the future. Yeah, I mean, I, I play in Sweden. I think uh, the work ethic that they do that they that they have down in Sweden is is absolutely crazy. Like they work so hard every day uh lift weights like three four times a week it's banana sandwich down there man it, it's and it, it goes to test like a lot of they love it it's not it's not about loving it they, they, are, live they have been it. pro 
program since they were very young kids and that's just what they do now you throw in an american or a canadian into that atmosphere you'd be sitting there going what the hell are we doing yeah yeah i was i was that guy i I was was that uh, guy too that's why i'm saying that watching practice we would practice at five because we had guys on our team that worked and so we would practice at five o'clock and while we were practicing from like five to seven, or maybe it was like four to six, um, the young kids were coming in and they were doing like, like they were holding each other's feet from the top of the stands and there were no backs on the seats. So it was kind of like the concrete things with like the benches and stuff, but it was really high and they would hold their feet and they'd fucking push up and jump down and push up and jump down and do that. And then they would do like double leg squats up the, up the stairs and they'd run the entire stadium like up the stairs these are the the 10 11 12 year olds 13 14 it's insane and it was just so when we went to the gym out there we had like i call it a gym but i was just i mean these guys just loved getting in there and working out it was if you needed to find a player in north america you find him in the lounge in sweden you find him in the gym i feel like that's why the gap is closing on um Canada being so good and all these other countries are figuring out like it's not hey, closing we need, it's closed it, it's closed yeah it's it's done I think it's done at this point yeah like even Slovakia and Czech Republic all these all these places have figured out hey Canada was just willing to go the extra mile in all these little games that we're playing and now they figured out hey we could block shots too we can go the extra mile we can you know, finish our checks and we can, we can do that all the same as Canada. And now the gap, like you said, it's closed. It's going to be interesting to see who wins that. I think the well, U.S. No, is going to win that. Canada has no one, goaltenders, gentlemen, none. You know who their goalies are right now? The best Canadian goaltenders in the NHL. Do you know Devin who Levi. Well, no, but who knows where he'll be by that point. But Aiden Hill, Stuart Skinner, you have the Montebleau kid in uh, Montreal. 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 And there was one other one that was kind of like just there, but it's not like Hellebuck or a couple of the American guys or the Swedish guys. Or I mean, it's slim pickings in net for for Canada. Aiden Hill, yeah. Skinner. Can't remember who the other guy was. Aiden Hill, Skinner. I know the kid from Montreal was. Montable. Yeah. And then, uh, but then there was one other one. Jordan Bennington was the other goalie. Yeah. That's your, those are your goal. That's it. Are you serious? Yeah. In the NHL right now, uh, Flurry, he won't be there. Kemper, Carey Price, no. Uh, Jordan Bennington, Aiden Hill, Devin Levi, Nico Dawes, Cam Talbot, Logan Thompson. Okay. Another viable candidate. Mackenzie Blackwood, Carter Hart. Uh, don't think he'll be there. Jake Allen. I mean, Mackenzie Blackwood's a pretty good goalie. He's just playing a fucking brutal team. Just Whatever happened to all league. these French goaltenders that were first-round draft picks that were super fucking studs? Luong- Remember Luongo? Well, oh, you got Marty Biron, uh, first-round pick. Law. You had um, Eric Fichot. Like, I mean, there were so many first-round goaltenders coming out of 
of Quebec major Quebec, junior. Yeah. And, and it's now it's like, I am shocked PD with what you just basically said to me right now. Same about that. That's who we have to pick from. Well, remember when there was a ton of French goalies in the league? Like every other goalie that we played against was French. Theodore, Thibaut, Bisset. Like Canada was on top Brut- of the Brut- world Brut- with And then it's, then it's like... Do you remember John when Gibson, Canada... Think- John Gibson's American? Yeah. There, I would have mentioned I would have mentioned him if he was Canadian. Tristan Jari? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty uh, incredible stat, actually, that you say that. I mean, my lord. Yeah, I know. We're in big trouble. Yeah, no shit. Well, I mean, if you look at the past Olympics, uh, you could have put any goalie in net uh, at that point. The D were so good that they didn't even allow any shots on net. So, anyway, that's a that's a topic of conversation for another day, but. I think the U.S. are going to be a real pain in the ass in 10 years from now. I mean, I think they're going to take this game over. I'm not joking. I think they are. so many. I think it's there. Oh, it's it's, it's there. There's no question it's there. I'm talking about they are going to be a, a superpower is basically what it comes down to. So watch out for the United States. Damn you. All right, Roisy. Thanks for your time, man. Short, right, but, thanks guys short but sweet, me. buddy. Short but sweet. We know skies look blue over there where you are. It's nice.